Hello, hello, you fabulous interior design professional. Welcome to Business of Design. This is your podcast. And this is my podcast because I'm an interior designer as well. This is episode 284, Two Hats, One Brand. And our guest today is Leah T. Ward from LTW Design. Leah would tell you her own backstory, but she started in staging and then has now morphed into staging and interior design projects. And we get into some of the conversation about the split between those two services, where they're alike, where they're different, how much of her business is now staging versus interior design. And something I noticed about her website is how cohesive the brand is. LTW Design has one strong, beautifully curated look for staging and for interior design. Her messaging is so clear. And I think I've talked about this before. That is one of the things I think I did so poorly when I first launched. Every project looked so different. And I loved that. I did French country and English country and arts and crafts and mid-century modern, and I would get things published. And because it was the early 90s, a lot of what I got published was French or English country. And I became sort of well-known as someone who did that, but that wasn't actually where I wanted to go. In hindsight, I should have removed all of that stuff from my website many, many years ago, focused on the clean classic look I like, kind of a maximalist classic look. And and I think it would have been better overall for narrowing my clients down. I finally got there. It just took a while. So I appreciate how quickly you could actually brand yourself by being discerning about what your website looks like and what images go on that website. We meet so many designers who say, well, I haven't done that many houses or projects yet, so I don't know about my website. And I think it would be better to have six pictures on your website that are spot on the brand you want rather than six projects that are all over the place. Anyway, see for yourself. Check out Leah's website, ltwdesign.com. Leah mentions uh, somewhere in the interview that uh, one of her first projects that got her notoriety was working on Bruce Willis' house. And that reminds me of an event I went to. It was like a blogging event in Los Angeles. It was years ago. And Martin Bullard Lawrence spoke. I think it was him. I'm pretty sure. I'm 99.9% positive. Great guy, great designer. But the talk was about Twitter and social media back then and how that helped him to grow his business. And he gave this really earnest talk about social media. And then he let slip that share was his first client. Client. And I thought, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Twitter didn't help you. Like, share. Like, when you get a client like that, it's amazing. And it's so fortunate when you're able to say who that client is to use that celebrity name in branding because frequently they won't let you do anything like that. A Bruce Willis project did help Leah, but I'm positive she would have reached the same level of excellence even without a famous client just based on how beautifully her website is curated and obviously the gorgeous work she does. Let me tell you about Leah and then we will jump into the episode. Leah T. Ward is founder and principal of LTW Design, as I said. 
They are an award-winning staging company, and they focus exclusively on luxury projects. Leah has been named one of the top 10 luxury staging professionals in the country. She has a remarkable talent for blending textures and natural light and clean lines in every project. You can find her on Instagram at ltwdesign. And you can read more about Leah at businessofdesign.com. Go to the show notes. All this information will be there for you. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Hey, Cheryl, what's happening at Business of Design? Well, for starters, I can't believe it's already August. You know, everything happening at Business of Design this fall is going to be here before you know it. So let's start with the BOD contract for commercial projects. That's starting out as a two-hour live virtual seminar on September 29th at 12 p.m. EST. This will become a product later on, just like our other contracts, but it's starting out as a live webinar, which means you have the opportunity to participate and ask questions. So please register for that. Uh, Registration's already open. It does include a copy of Kimberly's contract, and you're going to have access to that recording for three months after the live event takes place. Uh, After the live event takes place, you're still going to have the opportunity to uh, purchase it as a product in the BOD shop. Again, it'll include the contract itself and a recording of that live seminar. But we really encourage you, if you are already doing commercial projects, if you if that's you know a service that you'd like to start offering, to join us to make sure you have that opportunity to ask questions. So again, that's September 29th. And then I'm going to do a big jump into March of 2023. We are... We I don't get to tag along this time, but Kimberly and Janine are headed to Australia to do a two-day intensive version of the BOD 15. So this is in partnership with one of our longtime members, Jody Carter. She's, you know, on the ground there helping us uh, make this all happen. And it's going to be hosted by Boyd Blue in their Sydney showroom. So that's happening on March 6th and 7th. Again, it's a two-day intensive version of the BOD 15 in Sydney, Australia, and registration is open. We are also uh, talking about different locations to do in Canada and the U.S. in 2023. Same thing, live two-day version of the BOD 15. If you are interested, please reach out to me, Cheryl, at businessofdesign.com and let me know, um, you know, share your interest with me as well as different locations. We're sort of toying between, um, you know, running this event in partnership with some of the larger markets. Um, We've also had some feedback that um, it's nice to have the two separate because it's hard to be away from either family or uh, your business for an extended length of time to do both a two-day in-classroom event as well as the market. So we'd love to get your feedback on that. We're hoping to get dates on the calendar really soon. So please, again, reach out to me, Cheryl at businessofdesign.com. 
or you can join Kimberly in Australia in March. Either one, your choice, but um, head to the website. Details are there for all of these events and more. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Cheryl. That's amazing. By the way, Cheryl would absolutely be invited to Australia, but she's got two young children. It makes it so hard to hit the road for an extended period of time. And Janine and I are not only going to be at the event in Sydney, but we're also going to go to Bali for a yoga retreat which we had originally planned for March 2020. You may recall that things got kind of weird March 2020. So we're finally getting to Bali, which we're excited about. Come see us in Australia for sure. If you want the BOD to come to a city near you, let us know. And otherwise, again, put April on the calendar for Elite Retreat, Charleston and Savannah. And now into the show. Thanks for being here, everyone. Yeah, really nice to meet you. Where are you? Nice to meet you. I am in my office at our studio. Which is where? Well, we're in Connecticut in Fairfield County. Lovely. Oh, how wonderful. How nice to be talking to you from there. And you look beautiful today and I just finished a workout and got out of the shower. So that is definitely why we are not airing the video to this podcast. (laughs) Thank you. You're so sweet. I, I wish I just worked out and got out of the shower. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <Which>? <laughs> well, I'm not sure which direction we're going to go. I have so many questions for you. I know you recently were on a podcast, uh, you said, and you spoke about how you grew a multi-million dollar business. And I noticed from your website, you have the staging side and the design t- side. But you also, in your application to us, said that your superpower is really hearing what people don't say. And so somehow we need to get to both of those topics, I guess, and, and just discover what is the LTW secret for success and explain what LTW is. So LTW stands for my initials. Uh, it's Leah Taylor Ward. And it's funny when I was starting the business, I just felt like that was a mouthful, right? Leah Taylor Ward design. So a friend of mine said, just do LTW. And I was like, yeah, great. Sounds good. So we went with that. I went with that. And, um, It's a firm that started as a staging firm. So that was the goal. And that was uh, really how it initially began. And then quickly evolved, I'd say, within two years into design. We had done such great properties and had some pretty amazing clients that would say, hey, we love what you did here. Can you come to our new house? And we loved working with you and your process. Can Do you do design? And initially, I would say, no, 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 just staging, no, no. And, um, and then I quickly realized, you know, why not work with these incredible clients on incredible projects and kind of assembled a, you know, design side to the business. So they're, they're really like two different businesses all within LTW. Um, because they have two very, very different business models. And do you have two different sets of staff? Like this styling staff doesn't do the design projects and vice versa? Yes and no. So yes, and then there's overlap, right? So there's some of the, you know, field assists um, on our installs that will install stagings and then also pop in on design projects. But then we have, um, you know, junior designers and that will, and design assistants only do the designs. 
you know, they also love to pop in on a staging and stuff possible. And we say yes. So, so there definitely is a little bit of crossover for installations. I always imagined the joy or at least one of the joys of staging is the instant gratification. It happens so quickly where on the design side, it can take so long. So do you find like, it's awesome to get both of those experiences? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And you said it so well, it's like, they're completely opposite. And until you do both, you really don't, you really don't think they're different, right? I've had a lot of uh, designers say, oh, I should go into staging. I could just decorate a room, but it's, you know, staging's not design at all. It's not decorating. It's marketing. It's strategic. It's intentional. And it's, you know, it's not just placing bases and making rooms look pretty. Um, there's an ROI aspect to it that you're promising the clients. So, you know, there, it's a whole different hat. And, um, and it's, it's a sprint, right? We see a property, we're in it for maybe 10 minutes, photos, measure, proposal, turn that around in a day. And then we can be not back at the property until installation. So we've really only been in the home for 10 minutes, up to 10,000 square feet. We can be in and out and then do a install within you know a week. And so that's, yeah, that's exciting, right? Because it's, we have full creative control and it's instant gratification. It does sound fun. I don't know why I never made that, you know, transition to also doing staging. It just felt so foreign to me and so different, but I can appreciate the, how you could wear two hats and have two sides of your business. I know I mentioned off the top of the show, you had talked about growing this multi-million dollar business. I'm curious, and I'm sure listeners are curious, how much of your... Um, your net profit, I guess, would you attribute to styling versus design? How does that work out? Uh, to staging versus design. You know, the, like I said, the first few years, it was, I'd say first year, hundred percent staging, second year, 90% staging. It was like, maybe I'll take, I'll take one project on, but I really want to step back and figure out how to, you know, learn how to build a design business. Cause it's different. And, um, and so now though, and I don't know if this is an accurate representation of the direction of the company, but because we're right outside New York City and COVID has been, you know, like the great escape from <laughs> New York up to these surrounding towns where, where we're located, the last two years, it's been like, I'd say 75% design and 25% staging. So it's like less staging jobs, but big ones, you know, we've been doing some lofts in Soho and some places in the Hamptons. So like less work, but bigger projects, which has been really fun and really rewarding. And then working with architects and builders and developers doing, you know, a year and a half long design project where you know, that's the marathon, right? Versus the sprint. It's, it's very different, but you get to know your clients. It's very rewarding. Usually at the reveal, it's like tears. And then you walk, I walk away feeling, you know, we all walk away feeling really good because we've worked on this project for so long. And, you know, now we can imagine our clients living in the home that we've all created together. So fun. I love how dynamic that all sounds. And you're right, COVID has been, um, you know, and I don't mean to make light of this in any way because some people have suffered so much because of it, but it has, for the most part, been a very positive, you know, push for clients to get up and do something about the home that they're living in. And now I would say the projects that were a year and a half are now two and a half years because of supply chain issues, et cetera. So we're all going to deal with that. But I would always want to keep my eye on the analytics and just see at some point, does one of these arms of my business 
earn year over year more money in in a way that's more fun and more peaceful? Or do you need both to make the other one feel great? Oh, you know, it's interesting. I'm not sure I answered that correctly now because you said net, the net profit. I was thinking like, like amount of projects, right? When I did that, you know, 75 to 25%. So, you know, it's interesting because staging, every project is different. So we'll do a staging that can be, you know, 20 K and then we can do one that's over a hundred K. So it, it's like when you talk about the net income of the staging versus design, it's, I'd have to really, I'd have to really dig into that because less staging projects can still have a higher revenue. Um, because it's it's just a different animal. It is, yeah, and I would imagine the liability and the risk is so much less with staging than it is with interior design, residential build projects. Anyway, it's a good question for your bookkeeper just to say, hey, you know, if, if you could um, slice and dice this, where are we most effective at being profitable? That would just, it's just something interesting yeah. to think about. Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely, and I'm sure she, she's told me, we have our twice a week monthly calls and... <laughs> add it to the list of things to take note of. But yeah, it's, it's design projects have definitely taken, um, you know, like the lead in the last two years. Interesting. So I definitely wanted to touch on this point about that one of your superpowers is being able to hear what the client isn't saying. Can you explain what that means and how it plays into your business? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that that's everything. And it's just something that I, you know, I don't know, I didn't study it or think of, you know, learning how to read people or anything like that. I am the daughter of a homicide detective that like always taught me how to profile people when I was younger. Oh my gosh. That's, that's so So, cool. So, so maybe is it your mom or your dad? Who's the homicide detective dad? dad. So have you ever had dad look up a client and see what you were getting into? Oh gosh, no, no. It was more like he was NYPD. So it was more like when I was in high school, he looked up boyfriends. You know? For sure he did. Absolutely <laughs> he did. That's like amazing. That. Yeah. 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 No, my clients, I never really need to wonder about or look up. Um, but, but, um, you know, and I don't know if I, if that's like played into it, but I've just innately had this kind of like good intuition about people, um, my whole life. And I am really sensitive and like, have been called an empath, but I'm very sensitive to, it's always the things that people aren't saying, right? It's the, it's the body language, it's the cues. People can, you know, sing a song all day long about, you know, X, Y, Z. And, you know, what people say is kind of less important, right? It's, it's more what they don't say. And, and that is something that I've always paid attention to and have used to really like learn to understand the client and what they maybe really want. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a great a great tool, and and not on purpose. It's just when when I when this question was asked to me, I thought, you know what, that's like a big part of it. Me and one of my the girls on my team, she's like, it's more like what they don't say that you always kind of focus on. Okay, what are some of the? Have you is there an experience you can share with us, or kind of a something that would tweak your interest and you go, ah, this is a moment I need to be paying attention to. I think it's, you know, not one specifically, I think it's more like a dynamic. So for example, you know, sometimes we meet couples and 
you know, there's us meeting the husband, us meeting the wife. And so there's that dynamic. And then there's the dynamic of them two together as well. And then, you know, one might have a stronger voice than the other. So, you know, one will always talk a little bit more. And so that's kind of, you know, what we're doing the note taking on. But I always tell my team, like, you know, note down the things that aren't said that maybe the wife, you know, if she had a hint of something she liked, but it it wasn't talked about or, you know, there's just always stuff going on. Like when we interview, um, when we hire people, we always send them like this kind of bullet list of what a consult is like with us. And it's like, husband says this, wife says this, you know, high school child in the room says this, and then Leah says this, and we ask them, you know, put this into some sort of an organized um, document for us just to kind of test their skills on picking up on things. And so, yeah, so, you know, that's, that's what we try to focus on. It's, it's kind of like the in-between moments and just really like, you know, reading their body language. I recently had a consultation I went to where the wife was really effusive and she had a lot of things to say and she had big ideas and the husband stood in the kitchen with his arms folded. And I thought, <laughs> boy, oh boy, we have a problem here, right? So, yeah, that, so was one, right? Like, yeah, that was an obvious one, right? Like that was an obvious one. one. Yeah. yeah. I, and then you always want to tread lightly and be respectful, right? Because it's like you know, an honor for us to be called into someone's home, first of all, right? Because that's like, we're always so grateful for that. And then we want to be extremely respectful and make sure, you know, we're getting everyone what they need and what they're looking to get out of working with us, not just, you know, one of them. So, so that's something always important we try to look out for. I noticed also when I was perusing your website, which is absolutely beautiful, it's very curated. It has a very strong look and a brand. And I've said this on the podcast before. One of the things I sort of regret when I started out is I got published for a couple of projects which were quite different looking one from the other. And so the message out in the world was a little bit confusing and my website looked confusing. You know what I mean? So how did you find yourself being able to come out so strongly with one clean aesthetic? You know, I just always stayed true to what felt right for me for each project. So it, it wasn't like I started off with this plan. I'm only going to do, you know, this sort of sofa or, you know, this color palette. It just, it was really just authentic. And with each project, there was like a consistency that was created. And, um, I had a client about a year, year and a half into my uh, business who said, Oh my gosh, I saw a home. And I was like, Oh, LTW definitely staged that. And I thought, oh, wow, that's nice. And then when we did Bruce Willis's property, it was on Access Hollywood and got a lot of press. And I had a lot of, um, you know, messages from people and saying, this one was really funny, a client I hadn't worked with in like a year and a half. And she said, if you didn't stage Bruce Willis's home that I just saw on TV, somebody stole your look. (laughs) And I thought, oh, that's so funny. There is a look, you know, there's a, a recognizable brand aesthetic. And that's really something that I realized like about a year and a half to two years in. And I just, um, I just kind of went with it, you know, it just, it works. The goal has always been to create spaces that are calming for people and focusing on the negative space, right? So for me, the negative space is just as important, if not more important than the positive space, the things, the areas we're filling with things. 
So I've always used the same kind of um, procedures and, you know, curated the same way. I just get, I never really had a, a name for it in the beginning. Now it's the LTD way, the LTD now style, it's the L- LTW, the LTW, the LTW. Yeah, the who's LTD? I don't know who that is, limited, you're not limited, you're LTW, <laughs> unlimited. Yeah, the LTW style, yeah, so now it's 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 a look and it's a brand and um, it's really exciting, you know, all the things that we've done in a short amount of time. Well, I would say having that really tight, curated, branded look also makes it really easy for clients to decide if you're right for them, because I would go to your site yes. and that's either my look or it is. And that means more ideal clients come your way and fewer non-ideal clients bring you up. 100%. And, and, you know, again, it was unintentional. It was just the style that, you know, I loved and I kept kind of creating that, you know, had similar aspects. And now it's our brand look. So now it's recognizable and now it's attracting clients. So we you know, all of our projects are referral based or, or we even, we still get cold calls. I saw you in this magazine or I saw this and I just reached out because I loved the picture. And so it's, it's attracting people that are already fans of the style. They just want it, you know, incorporated somehow into their home. And, and that's really, I I would say for like any upcoming designers, I recommend that, you know, I don't think it's, you know, I'm sure any designer can pivot and kind of jump around, but we actually turn, we, we turn down work. So I'll say to a client, you know, if we do the initial consultation and I kind of, you know, I'm getting their vibe and, and if they, you know, aren't sure. And it's happened a couple times over the years, maybe two or three times where they're like, I love your look. And then they show me things that they like. And it's the complete opposite. It's like scrolls and rolled arms and gold and red and brown. You know, it's just not at all anything I would do or feel like authentically I could put my name on. And so but there's obviously some sort of a disconnect, right? They want this look, but they don't really want to buy anything that looks like it to put in their house, right? There's some sort of a disconnect. And so, so I'll just say, you know what? I really loved meeting you. You're so great. And I would love to work with you, but I, I can't, I, I don't feel right about taking on the project because I don't think we're actually a good match. And I recommend, you know, XYZ, this designer, this designer, and I'll refer to someone who I think is a better match. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, it's so interesting because we get that too. We'll get a client who says, I'm thinking of you or so-and-so. And I'll be like, <laughs> wow, we, we just couldn't be more different. Like, I think yeah. you should go with so-and-so. I yeah, just, yeah, right I, off the bat, yeah. it's probably like, that's a red flag. Yeah, yeah I, like, don't, I don't think okay. that's going to work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What about, and that's why it's so great, like the consultation, because like they're interviewing you, but it gives you a chance, like no obligations, right, on either side for you to interview them. So I would recommend like, don't just, don't just take any project just to have a project, um, like stay true to your business and your brand and your aesthetic. And then also the kind of clients you want to work with. Cause it's like, I mean, I've been married for like a hundred years, so I don't remember what dating's like, but it would be what I would think online dating is like where, you know, first date, you meet someone like the consult, they're great. Everyone's excited. And then like three months in, you're like, oh, I didn't, oh. <laughs> 
he picks his teeth at the dinner table. This is over, right? <laughs> whatever the whatever the interior design equivalent of that is, we'll have none of that. Yeah, that, yeah. that's what I often find. Clients seem amazing, and then you get into it, and you're like, oh dear, what have I done? And then you're into it, right? That's that's another advantage of staging. At least you're in and out pretty quickly. Um, oh, it's so great. You're in and out, yeah. and everyone's happy, and yeah. you know the realtor's happy, the seller's happy, the buyers are happy. You, it's like you just kind of waved your magic wand and helped everyone and everyone it's like like a good nice collaboration and it's over <laughs> and then you move to next that feels good that feels really good um, yeah. how, how do you look at those people who are in your neighborhood in your snack bracket working in your same milieu I guess how do you look at them do you look at them as competitors are you friendly toward the competitors how do you feel about that whole thing oh like other designers in the area so to be honest I'm super private, like with my personal life, you'll notice on my social media, like I really, I don't post much about my personal life. I have three kids, four dogs, a very busy mom life. It's a whole nother full-time job, but I don't, you know, I don't share it. I'm very private. And so when it comes to the professional social world, I, I just, I kind of wear blinders. I have a few designers I love that aren't actually locally, not internationally. And I kind of peek at what they're doing here and there, but I try to wear blinders and, and not, you know, look at what other people are doing. I don't want it to like skew my, you know, my vision of things. And, um, I, I, you know, I used to be part of this, uh, I'm a part of a building association when I started and, uh, it was great. I got to meet some people in the industry, and have won some awards along the way. And it's been so lovely, but I now work is just so busy that I work till six and then I'm home with the kids at night. So, you know, social events and all that stuff kind of are the first thing to get cut off the list. So, but I, you know, of course love to meet other designers and, you know, it's exciting. We just went to market at high point um, and we met some really awesome people. So it's always fun. I just wish I had more time. I know, I know. I'm exactly like you. I love the work and I love hanging out with other designers, but I sort of wilt in those social, big social gathering, networking. That's like my least favorite thing to think about in the world. Totally. I'm not a networker. I'm not like a pitch myself person. It's, I feel like clients and friends and just people in your life have to, um, it all has to happen organically. You know, I don't really go out looking for anything. I think if you're just staying, I really do believe if you're staying true to what you love and you're 100% committed to it, you know, things just come to you, you know, it's just, it just comes. And one thing, um, I would always, I always try to do is kind of mentor or help other people that are younger. Cause when I started, I didn't have a mentor or anyone in the staging business. And there were only maybe one or two stagers within the area. So, and I guess I was the competition. So it's not like they, you know, were reaching out to me to help me. And so I feel like anytime I can help someone and give them, cause I had to learn the hard way, you know, and the long hours, like 3 a.m. after you put the kids to bed, you're up on the computer, you know, where is it, what is it? You work 80 hours, they say, on Shark Tanked. Oh, yeah. 80 hours a week for yourself to avoid 40 hours a week for someone else. That's the life of an entrepreneur, yeah. We used to, totally. I used to call it the second shift. Yeah, yeah, After totally. the kids were in bed. Totally, yeah, yeah. You work like your nine hours and then you go home, work your mom hours, and you go back on for another six hours. <laughs> and it's three in the morning. So 
So yeah, I, I, so I, I've actually started mentoring. I've, we've, we've got DMs on Instagram from people all over the country. Like, how did you start? What would you recommend? And I was like, you know, why don't we just offer like a call, a one hour call? So I do them um, twice a month and uh, they've been great. And it's like, people are so excited. It's just so nice to help and, and kind of guide in any way you can. That's lovely. That's really nice. I love hearing that. Uh, Leah, we like to end every episode with design intervention. It's just a great piece of advice uh, that you think listeners would really benefit from. Oh, design intervention. The be- Okay, so like what I, w- I say, do you. You do you, right? <laughs> Don't worry about what other people are doing. Don't waste your precious time. If you're building a business, you don't have time to waste, right? Don't waste any of your precious time worrying about what other people are doing or if you should be doing what you saw this designer doing or that designer doing or what this person said. Or, I mean, I just like, I, or like what I said earlier, we're blinders. Just stay true, curate things that you love, find things that you love that inspire you and just put all your attention into you, yourself, your creativity, your process, your business, you know, all that stuff. Such good advice. Thank you yeah. so much. It was great to meet you. You too. Thank you. you now I'm going to go work out. You've inspired me. No, really? Okay. Yeah. Now I'm going to go and try to get dressed so I look like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today.